I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What a result. England have just played Croatia and for the first time ever in a Euros tournament, won their opening match. Three points are in the bag. And I bet Gareth Southgate and the boys are buzzing with that result. And so are we. Welcome along to the official England podcast. I'm Adam Smith here with all the reactions to that opening game. Here's what's coming up on today's episode. Jamie Redknapp will be here to give us a blow-by-blow account about everything that went down inside Wembley Stadium during England's 1-0 win over Croatia. For a player that's probably playing his first major tournament, the way that he just boxed that midfield and strolled about, I mean, I, I really enjoyed his performance today. We'll be looking at how social media reacted to that England win. We'll be hearing what Gareth Southgate and Raheem Sterling had to say after the match. It's good to get on the score sheet. I'm a person that's hungry for goals, but at the same time, I know the, the, the true value of a team and I think today was a great team effort. Former Croatian striker Ivan Klasnic is joining me to weigh in on how Croatia performed and where the team goes from here. We have to win the next games. But you never know what is the next performance from us. And Statsman Duncan Alexander will be breaking down all the numbers for us for some quirky facts to wow your mates with during that post-match pint. England have now won all 11 of their internationals when he scored, so he's got the best 100% winning rate when he scored of any player. You're listening to the official England podcast. So what a way it was to kick off the group stage. There was an early chance from Phil Foden who hit the post, but England's first goal at Euro 2020 came courtesy of Raheem Sterling, and it was a great finish thanks to that Calvin Phillips assist. Jude Bellingham is the youngest player to play in the Euros, and he also became the youngest ever player to play for England at a major tournament. Yorkshire Perlow was trending on Twitter after that Calvin Phillips assist. And sticking with Calvin Phillips, he had a 93.9% pass completion, which is the highest of any player to finish the match, and 95% pass completion in the opposition half. Also, Calvin Phillips covered the largest distance of any player involved at Wembley today with 10.3 kilometres. The Sterling goal came after a 17-pass move, which incidentally was the most passed before an England goal at the Euros since Steven Gerrard scored following a 19-pass move way back in 2004 against Switzerland. And to end, it is a fact that we keep mentioning, and I will keep mentioning it even more because now it is even more exciting. Croatia have lost against the eventual winner in three of their last four major tournaments. Could that be a lucky omen? And does it mean that football may be finally coming home?
Let's take a look at all the reactions to the game across social media. First up, England's Ben Chilwell tweeted, great start, lads. Jordan Henderson said, perfect start, now focus turns to the next one. And Jesse Lingard may have missed out on the Euro 2020 squad, but that doesn't mean he's not supporting his teammates, as he posted an Instagram pic of him watching the game at a pub with his England shirt on and the caption saying, come on, England. I loved seeing that. Marcus Rashford tweeted immense today, Calvin Phillips. Mason Mount said only the star England. There's a lovely photo, I've got to say as well, of Mason Mount smiling with his best mate, Declan Rice. Best mate since they were kids. And now they're starting for England at the Euros. What a story that is. And Liam Gallagher tweeted, hey, Jude. To which Jude Bellingham quote tweeted, hey, Liam, I am all over that. Grace Robertson tweeted, Calvin Phillips, the best player on the pitch in a European Championship game. Just perfectly sums up how Bielsa has transformed Leeds. YouTuber Nico Omelana tweeted, it's coming home. And MP Angela Rayner tweeted, things we love to see. Raheem Sterling, MBE for services to racial equality in sport. Sticking it in the back of the net. Come on, boys. Okay, let's get Gareth Southgate's reaction to the result and hear what Raheem Sterling had to say after scoring that winner. It feels great to have been able to send the fans home happy. And in terms of the game, I was really pleased with the way we settled so quickly. Yeah, although it was always going to be a game of of few clear chances, I thought we looked the the, the bigger threat throughout. Really, it's, it's great to get off to a win. I'm a person that's hungry for, hungry for goals. But at the same time, I know I know the, the the true value of a team, and I think today was a great team effort. You could see. It's not conditions that we're used to and we, we dug deep as a team and, you know, kept that clean sheet as well at the end. He's been a reliable performer for us for a long period of time and um, his goals record in the last two and a half years with us and with his club. I mean, even this year, I know people are saying it hasn't he hasn't hit the heights, but he's still one in three for his club and we can't have all the burden of scoring on Harry's shoulders. You know, you've got to have players in, in those wide areas and in midfield that can chip in as well. So I thought he looked a, a threat the whole day. I'm delighted for him because it's obviously quite a few tournament matches without scoring ahead of today's game. But he looked a, a threat right from the start. I think it was a throw-in. You know, he got in on a throw-in and uh, for Phil's chance that hit the post and that, that sort of set the tone for his day, I thought, today. We know as a team we've got a lot to do. We've got a lot to build on from that performance. But at the same time, the most important thing is, you know, the togetherness in the team. You've seen at the end, boys digging in deep. We've got the result I think we, we truly deserve. I'm pleased to say joining me on the official England podcast is a man who represented England at Euro 96, former player, current pundit, presenter. Good mate of mine, Jamie Redknapp. Jamie, how are you, mate? Yeah, great. Really good, Smith. Had a nice day. You know, England have won. It doesn't get any better. That's what I wanted to ask you first, actually. We're going to get your insight as a player, pundit, in a bit and talk about some of the players. But my first question is, you went with your son as a fan to Wembley. Fans were back. Just talk us through the experience of the day. Yeah, it was brilliant. I tell you, it was my first time. I was trying to remember, like, my, my little boy asked me, have you ever been to watch England as a fan? And I haven't. Wow. And to actually go there and walk up Wembley Way, I've never done that before. You've never done that? Yeah, I've never done it, you know, because... And today, and obviously I know there was obviously, 20, is it 22,000 in there? It, it was so good. But then when England scored, you know, like I've been so lucky. I'm blessed to have played in an England game, you know, when Gaza scored the goal in 96. And to actually be there in a celebration when Gaza does what he does with a dentist chair. But today, to have that moment when Raheem Sterling scores and my little boy grabs me and we just cuddled and we were up cheering. There, there's not many better things than that either, you know, because... End of the day, we, we you know we just want to be good. You know, dads, your fans, 
and it's our country. So we're so proud when our team do well. But when it comes together and it's right, like it did in 96 and like it has done in pre- uh, previous tournaments, there's nothing better when the England fans get behind the team. And, and they felt it today. I had a little chat with Harry Kane briefly after. And he said it was so good to have the fans in there. Albeit 22, they said you could feel it. And because of obviously the acoustics in the stadium, they really enjoyed the whole atmosphere. And I think the players thrived off it. But what I will say was, they did a great job, Smithy, because I was sat there in this blazing heat. Where, so we had sun on us all the, all the way through. And by the way, this isn't a complaint because, it, you know, it's it. But I, was, I felt for the players how hot it was because to try and press, to try and work hard for 90 minutes was really difficult. So they deserve a lot of credit for their performance today. The two things I like about that answer is one is uh, you're talking about Harry Kane there. He was the first guest on uh, the Official England podcast. And he, he said exactly that to me, just how much it meant to him to be playing at Wembley and also having the fans back. And he said that as well, that the games that he's played in front of fans, it seems like more are there. And the other thing that I love that, that you said is that you played in some iconic matches for Liverpool, for Spurs, for England, obviously that iconic one against Scotland, but you had that moment with your son. Hearing you talk about it as a fan, for someone who's played there, it was just brilliant to hear. I wanted to ask you, actually, it ties me nicely onto the comparison with Euro 96, because famously England have never won an opening match of a Euros ever. So how much, as a former player... How much confidence will that give this England team and belief going into this uh, the next games of the tournament? What this result will do straight away, instead of there being a difficult week of everyone who's in, who's out, we're talking about the negativity, there's a lot of positives and, and a bit. And I also like the fact it was a couple of, like I mentioned Calvin Phillips before, but I thought his performance today for a player that's probably playing his first major tournament, the way that he's just bossed that midfield and strolled about, long passing short, passing long, winning Immense, the ball back, shooting from distance. Yeah. I was just like, yes. I mean, I, I really enjoyed his performance today. And the players he was up against, Jamie, Luka Modric, you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was it was a first game you ease your way in. I, I thought that was what was equally as impressive. Is that he, he just he just looked to be thriving in that yeah, role, didn't he? But he's got he's just got all the attributes, you know. He's in, he's a really powerful boy in itself. So he's got that size. There was a little moment where he had two or three players on him and he just used his body. He got the ball, he manipulated it out of an area, played it, and all the crowd re- like respond to that. And as a player, you know, it, it's so... It, 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 you cannot underestimate the feeling that a, a, the fans can give you, good and bad. You know, when you do something well and they respond to it and they cheer, it's like you, you feel... 10 feet tall and the flip side is if you give it away especially in an England shirt that can affect some players and you've got to be a really strong character to be able to handle it but I just felt that I was watching Calvin get Calvin Phillips get warmed up actually before the game I was just watching him how he strikes the ball and it's so effortless you know he just pings it you know not many players can do it some slap it some, but he, he just caresses the ball and I was just like he looks so comfortable today you could see and then obviously the way that he played and and Jude Bellingham as well. I think it shows you how much the manager oh. likes him. To bring him on for 10 minutes in a game of that magnitude, where you might go, look, let's be sense, let's be, you know, he, he, there's a lot of players on the bench, you know, there's Champions League winners in midfield, the likes of Jordan Henderson, but I know he's got, Jordan's been injured, but he went, no, Jude, you're coming on here. And he's seven, 17, yeah, I know he's nearly 18, but like, he's just, He's got everything, that boy. There's the limitless what he can achieve. Yeah, it's a great story, that, actually. And I agree. I think Jude is such a top player. We've spoken about Calvin, spoken about Jude. We've got to talk about Raheem Sterling. What a week for Raheem. MBE in the week and match winner today. I don't know if you saw his post-match interview, maybe. It was class. He said, I always said that if I played at Wembley in a major tournament, I'm scoring. It's my back garden. I mean, what a week for him on and off the pitch. You must be so pleased for him. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, these... Stuff that doesn't come, you know, this it's the stuff dreams made are made of. And he made a really good run, good pass, and and this is it came at a time when 
I'm, I'm not sure. Was it, what was the minute? Fifty-eight, something like that. I was interested because I saw Jack, I saw Jack Grealish and, and Marcus Rashford getting warmed up, and the, you know managers like to make substitutions about 60, 70, 65 minutes because it was obviously so hot. And straight away, as soon as the goal went in, and I'm not sure who would have come off, but Raheem might, although he did well. You know, you're looking at different. You, you know, you're looking at Gre- you want to bring Grealish on. One of the wide players has to come off. You know, Phil Foden had done well. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But it's amazing how everything can change in you know the blink of an eye. Now his confidence is going to be sky high. He'll believe next week against Scotland or Friday he he, he can score again. And that little bit of belief that comes, you know, and I'm and I do and I, I hate to sort of go back and hard you know moments, but. Euro 96, we drew that first game and then how, like Shearer didn't, Alan Shearer didn't score and there was a lot of pressure before the tournament, not scored. All of a sudden, he got a goal and it was just like, yeah. everything changed then. And it's the same for Raheem, you know, he's not had to perhaps a end of season that he had liked. He started in the Champions League final and he, he didn't play as well as what he could have done. But he seems the sort of boy, and I, I admire him for it, that can like brush his shoulders off from, from anything, negativity about him because... Some players would be like, well, I'm not playing well for my club. How can I play well for England? You know, he's not a natural striker of a ball where someone's going to score too many from distance, although he can, and he's definitely got better at it. Like, he gets into dangerous areas. He makes good runs from out to in. You know, and the ball was perfect. And obviously, the finish was, you know, in a little bit of luck. It wasn't the purest finish if you're ever going to see, but I don't care. You know, it gave, it gave us all a great moment today. Yeah, and do you feel like, I felt like Gareth got it tactically spot on because I always find, especially with England, everyone picks their 11. It's so hard to agree with everyone on, particularly I feel in those attacking areas where England are so blessed, but it just looked like Gareth got it tactically, formation-wise, spot on. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I've never picked that team. I got. I could, are you going to give me 10 goals at picking Gareth's team today? I would yeah. never have got it. And the reason being is because of our left back. You know, I, I, I was surprised because... You know, I, I'm. I really like Trippier, and he's a, he's obviously gone away, and he's won a trophy, a, a big, you know, a huge club to win the league in Spain shows you, and especially under Simeone, that tells you everything about him. He's really done. He's done great. He's done a great job there, and I'm sure as a Tottenham fan, you're delighted to see that. <laughs> you mentioned that. There we go. <laughs> but you know what, though, Smithy, it, it was it was a bold move playing playing yeah. in that way. I mean, yeah. Carl Walker had a had a tricky sort of. He, he started okay, then he had a tricky 25 minutes before half time. And then you start to think one day maybe a right back change, but the second half he settled down. He did a lot better. But Trippier was really good today. Mm. Look, don't get me wrong. I do think it's a bit more difficult when when the ball gets shifted from say Mings to Trippier. That fraction of a second where he takes the ball inside naturally to get it onto his right foot just makes it a bit more difficult for Foden or for Sterling, whoever's on that left hand side. So there, there are elements where you don't perhaps get the track like the movement as quick as you'd like. But defensively, I thought he was really good and he, he should be so proud of his performance. Everyone was delighted to see Phil Foden play. Yeah. One thing I will say about with, with, with Phil Foden, naturally, because of it's just not necessarily in, in England's team's DNA for years, we don't keep it as well as some teams. That's just a, it's just a natural thing in our game. We haven't yeah. got... You know, when you think about Spain as an example, that Iniesta and Javi is to keep the ball so well. So Man City do it. So they build up in stages and then they find a ways because you can play Foden wide and uh, high right. Then they'll get it to him, but it won't be, a, he'll, he'll have so much of the ball because they dominate the football. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I think with Phil Foden, I think it's a case of we've got to find him and get him into little pockets rather than just staying high and wide. Because when he did get the ball and he cut inside and obviously had his shot, it was oh, a brilliant yeah. bit of play. But I, I was just felt a little bit I wanted more. And it wasn't necessarily his fault. You know, and he might have to, without losing our, our pattern of play and, and our, our team shape, 
just find ways of just getting him into on the ball a little bit more because he's so talented. Yeah, interesting that actually. I've been fascinated to see how England approach the next game, and that next game is against Scotland. I mean, you, you played in that game, you featured in that game in your analysis. It's a massive game. This is as a fan, how much you're looking. I love hearing you speak as a fan now, Jamie. By the way, it's just brilliant. How much you're looking forward to that one? I mean, because that is a huge game, isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I played in the. Uh, I played. I played against uh, Scotland twice at Wembley. I've got to be honest. A great occasion was obviously beaten. Well, I'll say it was good. I got. I broke my ankle about five yeah, minutes I, ago. I, yeah. But then the second time we played him, Smithy, was when um, in the playoff game we won two 0 at Hamden, and then we, yeah. we we lost in the Don Utterson scored a header and Greg yeah, Davis made a game great that, save. Iconic David game. David Seaman kept us in the game. I got to be honest. With you, if we'd have got the extra time. We'd gone a little bit, um, but thankfully we got through. But no, there's, that is the game. It's, there's nothing, you know, you can't, I mean, obviously we're only not going to have the fan, the full house. But if you said to me, if you can, like one, one when I think about an atmosphere at a football match that I played in, I played May United, Liverpool, all these great games, great atmospheres, Arsenal, Tottenham, you know, they amazing game. Scotland, England, nothing like it. At Hamden, really? Or really? Went, nothing oh, compares to it? The noise. Wow. It's, it wow. was like, it actually makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up now thinking about it. It was wow. like incredible. And, but you just, it's only good when you win it, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. You, you've got to win this game and, and Scotland have got some good players. They've got a system. I think Steve Clark's done a great job. We've given ourselves a little bit of like breathing space now. I can imagine, well, I, I know, I know what it will be like that, that, that place now, you know, they'll be having such a laugh, every, the stories, that feeling of winning, you know, the little bits of like playing against Modric and the chat around that. And you won't want to leave the dinner table because everyone will just be eating, chatting, you've won. You want to speak to your family. You know, I look at Mason and, and uh, Declan Rice, they seem like best mates. You know, a lot of the boys, I was watching them, there's a real togetherness yeah, there. And yeah. that only comes from winning. You can't create, you can't, I've never I've never been in a good, a big, a good camp, Smithy, when you're losing. You don't want to be there. You know, you only want to, when you get get on a roll like we are now, hopefully, this is going to be the place to be. There's no better party than when you're at your, you know, when, you, when your team's winning and everything's going well. So, yeah, I just hope they really enjoy it. Soak it in. These are such special moments. I'd give anything to be in that camp tonight. Mate, it's brilliant to hear you chat and chat so passionately about England. Um, such a great insight, all those stories. They're fine. I just think it's appropriate to end on something which is, is way more important than football. Obviously, we all saw uh, horrible scenes that happened to Christian Eriksen and obviously everyone here on the Official England Podcast wishes him a speedy recovery and I imagine you would like to wish him the same. Uh, no, I, I couldn't agree more, Smithy. It was... It was like time stood still yesterday. I, I, I genuinely couldn't believe it. I'd, um, I've met Christian before and he just, from everything I've heard about him, like the perfect, you know, footballer, looks after himself. And it just made us realise how precious, you know, and how everything can be, can be taken away from you in a second. And obviously, like us all, we all feared the worst. And when when we got word that everything, like he looked, you know, and please God, he's going to be okay now because... It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I remember many years ago, Dad caught speaking to my dad when uh, Fabrice Mwamba yeah, cool. um, was because Dad was Dad was the manager of Tottenham at the time, and and I I was talking to him and he was just like I can't believe it, you know, because everyone obviously thought that Fabrice had, had we'd lost him, and 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 did such an amazing job to bring him back to life, and and the players and 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 I think the way that they conducted themselves was like pretty. It was like brought a tear to your eye because it just made you realise, you know, that football is important, but it's not more important than life and death, you know. Yeah, well said, mate. I think that's the perfect note to end it on. And mate, thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. You're absolutely everywhere. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining us on the pod, and we'll catch up soon. Keep, keep it going. Keep up the good work, and fingers crossed we win this. Yeah, thing. come on, England. Thanks, mate. Top man. Thank you, mate. See you soon.
I'm pleased to say joining me on the podcast now from OptusAnalyst.com is a man you quite simply need to be following on your social media accounts to impress all your mates with his statistical insight. It is Duncan Alexander making his second appearance on the podcast. So, Dunk, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, yeah. Now, before I get into asking you about an array of stats to get us excited, you, of course, were at the game England against Croatia. So I've got to ask you, from a fan's perspective, how was that? Because it must have been brilliant to be at. Yeah, it was It was an amazing experience. I think you could see on the face of everyone going into the ground and, you know, sat there before the before kickoff, you know, this, this kind of palpable excitement. You know, it's been so long since, you know, since this, this sort of what used to be a very normal thing to do, um, you know, has, has come back. And it was, yeah, it was a really positive kind of um, atmosphere. I mean, the only, you mentioned my social media, I didn't tweet very much because I was watching the game, obviously, but I don't think I've been able to tweet because it was so hot that it was, you know, people's phones just turned themselves off because it was uh, it was that hot. So yeah, could have done with being about four degrees cooler maybe, but yeah, brilliant day. Right, go on then, hit me with some statistical insight to get us excited. Over to you. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the players that kind of stood out, I mean, no one really had a bad game, did they? Everyone everyone did their really well. But I mean, Raheem Sterling obviously scoring the winning goal. England have now won um, all 11 of their internationals when he scored. So he's got the best 100% winning rate when he scored of any player in England history. Overtook Martin wow. Chivers today. Um, and then obviously uh, Kevin Phillips, I know you've already talked about him a bit, but he just was... You would never have guessed that, you know, his relative inexperience at this level um, in that game, he was just running things, you know, against a, a midfield. What a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Containing Luka Modric as well. It was really was impressive. I mean, he's the first England player to assist a goal uh, on his European Championship debut since David Beckham did against Portugal back in 2000, um, which is pretty good. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and he um, he's even... To sort of sum up how much he was getting up and down, he even got caught offside. Um, he's never been caught offside in 116 games under Marcelo Bielsa, but he uh, he has already in the Euros. But that that's quite interesting. It does show just how much he was getting around the pitch, and he was popping up. You know, maybe a little bit further forward than than some people are used to seeing him. And I think that was that was quite interesting seeing the strength of of him and Mason Mount and Declan Rice all together. They, you know, when one went forward, the, the other stayed back, and it was you know it was a very kind of polished midfield performance. Yeah, I thought the system actually was brilliant. In terms of how the formation, how they deployed it and how everyone, uh, like you alluded to there, everyone played well. I thought the, the formation and the setup tactically from Gareth was superb. I'm loving that insight. Right? Again, I don't know where you pluck some of these from, but can you please give us some quirky ones? You mentioned a cloned horse <laughs> in your uh, the last podcast you came on in your statistical insight. So what other uh, uh, slightly entertaining stats do you have for us, mate? <laughs> Well, it was the first um, tournament game where England didn't name any Liverpool, Manchester United players in the starting eleven since wow. the f- game against France in Euro '92. So that's quite a long time ago, isn't it? Um, obviously, that game uh, ended nil-nil, and England then went on and crashed out of the tournament uh, a game later, didn't they? So yeah, I think it's already going a bit better than that. And then the other one we've already talked about Phillips, obviously, but I'm going to I'm going to list uh, some very famous names of, in football. Um, Calvin Phillips has now got as many Euros assists as each of these players, okay? So Paul Gascoigne, Zinedine Zidane, Brian Laudrup, Lothar Mateus, Alessandro Del Piero and Marco Van Basten. What? Um, and now Calvin Phillips have all got one assist in the Euro. So he's joined some pretty big, you know, famous football names there, which is, which is you know, really impressive. I love that. Uh, mate, thank you for coming again. Are you going to come on again? I mean, our, our listeners need to, to hear this. It's great to hear. And um, are you going to be joining us again and giving us more reasons why England fans should be very optimistic? Does that sound good? Yeah, we'll do, uh, we'll do an England-Scotland special, shall we, later in the week? Yes, I love that. Yeah. Any, any further stats to it? Get uh, the fans excited uh, and, and any further inf- insight into why England fans should be 
going to bed tonight or waking up this morning feeling very excited about this tournament? Well, you know, you can talk about home advantage. England are now uh, 12 games at Wembley in major tournaments, World Cups and Euros, um, and they've never lost. So, you know, obviously they will probably will go away from Wembley in the last 16 or quarterfinals, but, you know, it is a, it's a huge strength um, having that. Uh, you know that base to play from, and the, the players did look comfortable today. Obviously, not in the conditions. I think there's a lot of fluid being taken on, but you know they know that pitch, they know that stadium, and I think it. Yeah, I think that's a big positive, mate. Brilliant, absolutely love that as always, and we hope to get you back on the podcast. Look after yourself, mate, and we'll speak soon. Cheers. Now I can count on one finger the amount of footballers who've invited me around their house and cooked me fajitas before a shoot. I'm pleased to say our next guest is that very man. Joining me on the podcast is a man with 41 caps for Croatia, 12 goals. He represented his country at three major tournaments. It's former striker Ivan Klasnic. Ivan, now firstly, before we get talking about the game, do you remember that night 10 years ago in Bolton when you very kindly cooked me fajitas? Now you see we are Croatian very kind, you know? <laughs> you were very kind. And I've got to say... Very good fajitas as well, mate. Well, you know, I'm not only on the field good, but uh, I think uh, fajitas uh, was the only dish uh, I could make for you, you know? <laughs> the only dish you could do. Well, you did it very well. Um, of course, you are on not to talk about fajitas. You're on to talk about the game. Uh, we've just seen England have beaten Croatia 1-0. We're going to be speaking about this a lot from an English point of view. But we wanted to get you on to speak about it from a Croatian point of view, really. What did you make of the game and what are people saying in Croatia? We was very lucky the first 25 minutes. England uh, was like a train. The shot from Foden was fantastic. And uh, I thought uh, it will be 1-0 in the first uh, 30 minutes. Today was not our day. Uh, we, we didn't do offensive nothing. What are the expectations in Croatia going into this tournament, given how well Croatia did at the last World Cup? Is there a lot more pressure on this Croatian team going into this tournament than in other tournaments? Well, you know, we are a small country, so um, we didn't uh, expect uh, any any time. But uh, when we was last time uh, by the World Cup uh, second, you know, we, we hoped uh, that we can do something like that again. But uh, we lost a, a lot of uh, good players like Rakitic, Majukic. At the end, you know, it's a new generation. Luka Modric still play. So um, we have to win the next games. Yeah, and do you, do you expect Croatia to be more attacking in your next games, given that, you know, you need to win or you need to get points on the board now for your next two games? Do you expect it to be a more attacking lineup and create more chances in the next few? I think uh, the manager said maybe we are waiting for the attacking against England. So that's why we played so defensively. But uh, you never know what is the next uh, performance from us. Because, uh, you know, uh, it's it's bad if you, if you lose the next game. So the third game will be then for nothing, you know. And what is the impression of, of this England team uh, from everyone in Croatia, the Croatian press, from yourself as well? I know that you probably still speak to your Croatian teammates. How good is this England side? Because obviously in England, we go into every tournament with such high expectation. But but what do you make of this, this England squad and how far they can go? Well, you know, if you see how quality England have, uh, I think the first substitute was uh, Rashford coming in, huh? You know, it's fun, you know, like because it's the best player in United, you know. And I think they have a big, big squad and good squad. And uh, if, if if they're really doing well defensively, I think they can come minimum in the semi-final. Okay. And what is your prediction? Which team do you think will be lifting the trophy? Italy. 
Italy, you think, to lift the trophy, do you? Okay. But I said England will come to the semi-finals. Semi-finals, okay. Well, hopefully we can go a little bit further. But Ivan, it was brilliant to have you on um, and to hear you talk about it from a Croatian point of view, and obviously for coming on after defeat as well. So thank you very much for your time. And I owe you some fajitas. So you're going to have to come round to mine at some point and I'll repay the favour. No problem. No problem. Thank you, mate. Good to speak to you again. Take care. Thank you very much. You're listening to the official England podcast. Well, that brings episode eight of the official England podcast to a close. A perfect start for England. And join us tomorrow as we have more exclusive access to the Three Lions camp. And we look ahead to the Scotland game this Friday. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and come on, England. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.